Hi, and welcome to the really Telling It Like It Is program. I'm Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology, and I want you to push the send button, the share button to your friends, your enemies, and even people that you don't know, whatever it is, and let them know that Apostle Michael Fram is on with me today. I'm just going to wind him up, and we were laughing about it, and he was saying, what am I, a wound-up toy? No, a wound-up apostle, because he always <laughs> has a lot to say. So without anything else, uh, come on in, Apostle Michael, and uh, tell us what you're going to do today, and I'm going to mute. <laughs> it, it's amazing to me that it's your program, and rather than interview me, you're like, just go. <laughs> But I appreciate so much you sharing your platform with me and for the privilege and honor to be your brother and your co-laborer and your partner in ministry. And um, you've had me on all of these months and it's a little bit bittersweet for me because we're coming to the end of November and I know you have a, a new focus. Oh, for right now, for right now, he shall return. <laughs> <laughs> There's a return button, you know, that's why we wind up, you know, so it's a return button. Okay, I just want you to know. Okay, well, uh, then, I, then I sit corrected, but uh, I know you have another focus coming up and um, anytime that uh, I have the opportunity to be with you and to share with you and your platform, it's it's a privilege and an honor. And so I don't I don't take it lightly. I just honor you and and the gift that you are to the body, and and I appreciate it so much, folks. We've been talking now. I think this is part five. If Joe Henry has me uh, straight, talking about sonship, we're going to be dealing with that again today and also next Tuesday, and we should finish this up. And we started the end of last broadcast after going through all of the foundational scriptures and going through the Elijah-Elisha relationship, we got into the three main bullet points and we talked about in a father-son relationship, number one, the relationship must be ordained. Number two is the responsibility of the father. And then number three is the response of the son. And obviously, this is a, just a little bit of alliteration. It's one of the things that Apostle Leo drilled into me growing up as a teenager when he was teaching me how to teach, how to preach, how to do outlines. One of the things he drilled into me was alliteration. And so we ended um, last week, our last broadcast, talking about the relationship must be ordained. And that is where God witnesses something on both ends, both to the spiritual father and to the spiritual son. And both sides know that God has ordained that relationship, that there has been a heart connection. If you've got to wonder and think, you know, is this my father? Then it ain't there yet. You know, it's one of those things where when it happens, you know that it has happened and it becomes witnessed on both sides. And I've mentioned and I've talked about this and I'll just say it again before we jump into this next point. 
is, you know, I've had many people come into my mentoring programs through the years and, you know, they're in the mentoring program. And I, I may be mentoring you, but that doesn't make me your father. I may pour into you and teach you, but that doesn't make me your father. There, there's levels of connection. And, and one of the things that I took from Dr. Mike Brown, who is one of my mentors, he said that, um, he said that I do not father everybody that I mentor, but I do mentor everyone that I father. And I have many that have been in my mentoring group, you know, they'll be in once or twice and all of a sudden they want to start saying, well, Michael's my spiritual father. I'm like, whoa, slow your roll. <laughs> you know, the relationship's got to start somewhere, but through time and unfolding, and it's really a naturally supernatural relationship where the hearts get knit that it really develops into that. And so allow for that to happen and wait for the witness of the spirit on both sides. Doesn't mean you don't love everybody. Doesn't mean you don't pour into everybody. Doesn't mean you don't teach everybody. You don't mentor everybody. But when it's really that father-son relationship, you will know it. It will be ordained by God and the witness of it will be there. Let me go into this part next and talk about the responsibility of the father. It seems like, and, and boy, I feel a preach coming on today, and I don't know why, but it seems like we've got people that are quote-unquote spiritual fathers that are looking to amass sons in the faith, almost like they are just updating old church lingo. There was a time that you would go to conferences or ministers' conferences or whatever, and, and the question was, how many you running on Sunday morning? That's what they wanted to know. And, and you know, they, they would say, well, you know, there is a book in the Bible called Numbers, and God's all about, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? Yes, I did, and I don't apologize either. That's not what the book of Numbers is about. But that was the mentality. How many are you running? I remember my, our dear friend, Dr. Don Hughes, has often said that one of his spiritual papas told him, son, many times it's about nickels and noses. How many people are there? And, and how much money is going into play. And that's how they judge the success of a ministry. But it, now, you know, then we're in this thing about fathering, spiritual fathering. It has changed from how many are you running on Sunday morning to how many sons that you have. And that's really the wrong motivation and the wrong thought process behind this whole thing. Let me tell you something. You can't support, I'll say this as plain as I can, listen to me clearly. You can't support and pour into a thousand sons. You can't support and you can't pour into a hundred sons. Just like in the natural, you can't support and pour into that many children. Most Earthly parents only have a handful of kids. 
because that's all you can logistically and financially support. There is only enough emotional support to go around for a handful. And we've got people, oh, well, you know, if you're really called, if you're a spiritual father, if you're an apostle, well, you're going to have hundreds and thousands of children. You're an idiot. You're not going to have hundreds and thousands. You're going to have a few that God has knit your heart to. And it's not about amassing a download. It's not about amassing those that are going to tithe up into your ministry. There is a responsibility of being a spiritual father. And so I want to look at the responsibility of being a father. It's not just about, well, I get to be called father. That's not what this is about. Number one, the first thing about being a, a spiritual father, the first responsibility is you have to have your heart turned towards sons before you can even look for sons. It starts right there. It starts in the heart. It is a heart thing first. And, and we've looked at the text. We've mentioned it many times over these last several weeks from Malachi's prophetic word that the hearts of the fathers must be turned to the sons. Until your heart is turned toward the son, you're not ready to even look for sons if you don't have a heart for them. I told you what happened in my transformation. As I was coming to a close in the fall of 2015, as I was about ready to transition in, in my calling from a prophet to an apostle, God spoke to me very plainly. And he said, it's time for you to do for others what Leo has done for you. And all of a sudden, a father's heart dropped in my spirit. Something I had never had before. Something I wasn't concerned about before. But all of a sudden, I became very concerned about another generation. I became very concerned about pouring into other people. What happened? God did a work in my heart and turned my heart towards sons. So the first responsibility of any father, you're not ready to be a father until your heart is turned towards sons. Next, let me just say this. I have a, a friend uh, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and his spiritual father was a man who's now in glory, but his spiritual father was Apostle Chuck Clayton. And Apostle Chuck made this statement. He said, God is requiring all fathers to turn their hearts first to the children. And you cannot raise up sons without turning your heart to them first. And that is absolutely the truth. You cannot raise up sons if you haven't turned your heart to them first. Next, let me say this. Next responsibility of a father. The father must look for who has the call on them and needs to be fathered. There are, there are so many that actually have a call of God on their life, but nobody ever recognizes their call. And I think one of the greatest detriments that we've seen is we've had a generation of leaders 
that have said, well, I got it from the school of hard knocks and you're going to get it the way I got it. Nobody helped me. Nobody poured into me. Nobody fathered me. Nobody mentored me. You're going to get that again. One of the stupidest things I've ever heard. Dear Lord God, if I banged my head against the wall and made mistakes along the way, why do you want to bang your head against the wall? Or why would I want you to bang your head against the wall if I can save you the headache that I've already had? And so we must look for those that have a call. My father said one time, I remember him preaching a message about knowing those that labor among you. And in that particular message, he made this statement. He said that fathers are looking for learners that will be leaders. Oh, are you listening to me? He says they're looking for learners that will be leaders. And I, I, I'm tired of seeing people that have a call that nobody recognizes. You know, the Bible says that your gift will make room for you and take you before men. But it takes somebody to recognize it. The next thing about having that call to be recognized is that fathers must have keen spiritual insight to see as God sees. We often look at the story of Samuel going to anoint David, but Samuel didn't have eyes to see like God saw. He was looking on the external, and here comes son number one, and he's big and strong and strapping and handsome, and he's like, yes, this is the one, and God says, eh, next. And often that's us. Because we look at things in the natural. But the Bible says that God looks at the heart. If we're going to raise up a generation of fathers, we have to raise up a generation that not only has their hearts turned towards sons, but they have eyes to see like God sees. The Bible tells us that we should know no man after the flesh. My sister, Apostle Angie Dorman, often says it's a no-no. We don't know after the flesh, not after the flesh. And so we must learn to look with spiritual insight to see as God sees. We have to have the ability to recognize the bent, if you will, according to Proverbs. We have to recognize the gifts the talents, the callings, the anointings, the divine wiring and unique gift mix of those that we are called to raise up, to father, and to help. And so we must see this is the responsibility of a father. It ain't just about amassing a number of people to say, I got X amount of sons. Do you see what they're called to? Do you recognize the calling of God that's on their life? Do you see what's in them? Do you know their heart? Do you know their gifts? This is a responsibility. If you can't do this, you're not ready to be a father. Next, fathers must see the potential that is in each prospective son. It's a sad thing to see people come and go 
and have them say they've never lived up to their potential. I remember when I was a little, little child, President John F. Kennedy was assassinated. I wasn't old enough at the time when he was assassinated to remember the assassination. But I can remember early in my childhood, people speaking about him and saying he was cut down too early in life and never had a chance to live up to his potential. I can remember that. Even as a small child, you would hear that in the narrative in life. He never fulfilled or lived up to his potential. And I think we have many in the kingdom that have tremendous potential. And one of the reasons that many do not live up to it is because they don't have a father that sees the potential that is in them. And so fathers, we have to see the call. We have to see with godly insight and see what God sees and as God sees and we have to see the potential. Next, and this is a biggie. This is a biggie. The father doesn't always tell all they know when fathering the son. The father doesn't always tell everything that they know when fathering the son. You remember, let's refer back to what we spent some time on with Elijah and Elisha. Elijah placed the mantle on Elisha. Even though God told Elijah, go find him and raise him up, anoint him to be prophet in your stead, in your room or in your place, depending on the translation. Elijah never said to Elisha, this is what I'm doing. He operated without explaining what he was doing, even though he knew. And it's an interesting thing. I can look back at my own training and my development with my father, with Apostle Leo. When I was 17 years of age, I went to my father and I said, Dad, I believe I am called to preach. And my dad just looked at me. He had this real kind of wry grin on his face. And he said, well, it's about time you figured it out. And I said, well, you knew? And he said, sure. And I said, well, how long have you known? And he said, oh, since you were five. Now, here I am, 17 years of age, and it dawns on me that I am called to preach. He's known since I was five and never said one word to me. Folks, fathers don't always tell everything that they know. Just like Elijah didn't tell Elisha what he was doing, he just did it. And I can recall now in retrospect, looking back, at some of the things that my dad did. And, and there were times that, you know, he would drop these hints. It was almost like, you know, dropping breadcrumbs in the forest. He would drop these hints that they didn't register. 
they didn't dawn on me. But I can remember one day he, he, he said to me, he said, son, I won't be mad if you're not a preacher. But I'll give you every opportunity that you want to be one. It didn't register on me. I didn't know what he was saying. But I look in retrospect and watch the things that he did and the things that he said. And he would say things to me like, now, son, when you're writing your lessons or you're writing your sermons, here's what I want you to do. And he sat me down and he taught me how to systematically lay out my thoughts. He taught me, make your points, have your subpoints, do this, do this. You have to think this way. So it's easy for people to follow what you're saying. He didn't tell me why he was telling me this, but he was actually preparing me for what he knew I was called to without telling me that he knew what I was called to. And so fathers don't always tell everything that they know. I remember several years later, after I had been in ministry for a while, I had already gone to Bible school. I had already graduated. I had worked in one of the largest churches in America at that time. I had worked in a mega church in Tulsa. I was a member of Victory Christian Center while I was living in Tulsa. And I was serving under Pastor Billy Joe Doherty, who was one of the meekest men of God that I have ever met. And you name it, I did it from evangelism outreach to home Bible fellowships to being a head usher to working in the men's breakfast to cooking men's breakfast to teaching in men's breakfast and all of those things that I had done as part of my training and development. And I had done all of that. I had moved back to New Jersey. I was working with mom and dad in the ministry. I had been ordained. I had functioned as an evangelist, as a revivalist, as a short-term missionary, as a Bible school teacher, as an elder, a director of adult education. And around the year 2000, I go to my father and I am in the midst of a transition. And I am transitioning from primarily functioning as an evangelist to about to begin to function as a prophet. And it was like deja vu all over again. And I go to my dad and we're in one of our board prayer meetings. And I said, dad, I believe that God is changing my, my function. He's changing my office from evangelist to prophet. And the same stupid grin that I had at 17 years of age comes across his face. And he just looks at me and utters those same words that I heard when I was 17. And he said, well, it's about time you figured it out. And of course, you knew? Sure. How long have you known? Oh, about five years now. He knew what I was called to before I did. This is a thing about spiritual parents. Spiritual parents will know what you're called to, but many times they do not tell you what you are called to. Now, of course, I remember 
very vividly the end of, of 2015 when God did speak to me. And he said, it's time for you to do for others what Leo did for you. Well, I know what Leo did for me, but I also know how Leo dealt with me. And Leo prepared me for where he knew I was going without telling me where I was going. And this is a mark of true spiritual parents. Spiritual parents often will know where their children are going. They'll know what their children are called to, but they don't tell them. They just prepare them for where they know they're Say, well, why is that? Well, number one, if you get told everything that you're called to, number one, it may overwhelm you because you can't handle the truth. You're like the movie, A Few Good Men. You can't handle the truth. You, you can't handle it. And so we've got folks, excuse me a second. We've got folks that want everybody to tell them everything right from the Gideon. You can't handle it. You're not ready to hear it yet. And so we've got people that think that, well, you got to tell me everything. No, 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 because you can't handle it. Secondly, it may cause you to get in fear if you hear too much before you are ready. Third, if your if your spiritual parent tells you everything, you will not have the desire to press into God to find out for yourself. You will be content to just let your spiritual parent tell you everything. And it's not about your spiritual parent telling you things. It's about developing your own relationship with God and letting God tell you. Finally, we do not want to be dependent on spiritual parents. We want to be dependent upon Abba. And so the spiritual father will recognize what's in the son or daughter. The spiritual father will see it. They will look for the learners that will be leaders. Their hearts are already going to be turned to the next generation to pour into them. And then they will look to develop them without telling them what they're developing them into. And it's become almost a standing joke that many of my sons and daughters say. And they say, yeah, pops know stuff, but he don't say nothing. Well, I learned that from Apostle Leo. I learned that from Elijah and Elisha. And so, yes, there are things that I know that I do not say, but I prep you and move you towards your destiny. When we come back next week, I want to hit the last thing, which is the response of the sun. Go ahead, Doc. Wow. You said such uh, 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 off-the-hook things. And, um, you know, it, it's like one of the things that I tell mine is this. My job is to identify and help to pull that out of you. My job is not to be your, your, your uh, nomenclator. My job is to help you with that. And what you're saying, people, you better get this. You better get this so that you can understand what it is that God is saying. But we're out of time. You better get that, too. So 
<laughs> this is Apostle Baker J. Baker and Apostle Michael Pram that will see you next week. Have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Enjoy your family. And uh, we'll see you next week. We're here really telling it like it is. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>